Welcome to the Advent Sermons and Conversations podcast. This is the Conversations half. We'll be talking about what to do after the call. I'm Deanne. I'm Kevin. And I'm Amber. Today is Easter Sunday. Woo! Woo! A big, (laughs) big happy Sunday in the church year and the end of Holy Week. Uh, And it's been an amazing day here at Advent. And I think the sermon was also really amazing. Um, so to get us started, the Pastor Danielle's sermon kept coming back and anchoring into the same particular phrase, and it was, this is the day that makes all other days worthwhile. And I think that resonated with all of us in one way or another. Um, so maybe we can begin by talking about that. Like, what does that phrase mean to us and how does it resonate? I think... Today in particular, when waking up in the morning, knowing that it was Easter Sunday, and then also having a news alert of what transpired in Sri Lanka this morning, I was really coming to church um, to kind of find some peace, to be able to celebrate uh, the day of Jesus's resurrection, to celebrate that he's here, he has risen, and he is with us, Uh, but really to kind of also encompass it in the news of the day and what's been going on in the world in the last few years, in which I've paid more attention to perhaps, but also just what's been happening for, you know, the history of time. So I thought Pastor Danielle's message that this is the day that makes all other days worthwhile really just stuck kind of centered me and brought me some peace of really all of the things that are going on in this world. Um, The tragedies that we suffer as a country, as a world, and individually to remember that this is the day. This is Jesus's resurrection, that he died for our sins, and that he has come and resurrected and gone and really made that sacrifice for us, that this is the day that makes every other day worthwhile, really just was an empowering statement that I think I'll kind of move forward into the week with. I mean, one question I hear all the time from people who, um, from my friends who don't go to church or consider themselves religious, uh, when we, when we talk about it or when I, you know, mentioned that I work at a church (laughs) is, um, you know, something along the lines of like, how do you believe in this kind of religion of love and hope when so much terrible stuff goes on in the world and there's, and there's so much suffering. And I think that's a question across many, that many religions seek to answer. Right. And what stands that, what stood out to me in, in this Holy Week at Advent, like I think one of my big insights and takeaways is this sense that God intimately knows that suffering, like in, in, Jesus being tortured and beaten and dying on the cross. Like that's, that's God coming into that suffering that it's not to say there, there is no suffering in the world, but that God comes into that suffering and somehow out on the other end or through that comes still the possibility of, of resurrection and hope. And yeah, so I, I, I just, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down, but I think, <laughs> The Easter message for me actually really speaks to, especially speaks to like moments when terrible stuff happens. Yeah. And I think that Pastor Danielle, I don't know if it was in today's sermon or if it was um, during another one of the messages during Holy Week, but that 
God meets us at that suffering and that he's with us in those moments, um, even when we feel like all hope is lost. And I think that that really does center in the second part of Holy Week and the resurrection and Easter and having that hope moving forward. Yeah, one of the other phrases that Pastor Danielle used um, was that uh, Jesus and God has been to hell and back for us. Um, Yeah. Which it's not just like a cultural idiom, but in some theological kind of interpretations of where Jesus was for those three days as he was literally in hell. So that idea that Jesus experienced all of the possible suffering. Um, So again, something Pastor Danielle kind of said was, Jesus has already been where you are and already felt all of that pain. So not necessarily that you'll find relief from it, but you won't be alone in it. Yeah. And that matters. Like, I think it, I don't know, some maybe it may just seem like a weak consolation, but I think the the idea for me the idea of god being present in my suffering and that root and anchor when when things are not going well in my life or don't seem to be going well in the world like it it, it makes a difference in my ability to to have hope and to and whether and to keep going mm-hmm. i think it's very comforting cuz i think it tend, there, it's easy to kind of come back of feeling like I'm alone. I'm the only one that understands what I'm going through or I'm in this sorrow all by myself. And you can kind of really spiral into that thought process. But I think knowing that God is with us and that he's present in that suffering with us, I think is a good sense of comfort for me at least. So um, there's this TED Talk by Brene Brown that a lot of people are familiar with probably by now. Have you guys seen it on vulnerability? It's called the power of vulnerability. I think I may have seen part of it, but okay. Um, well, not the whole thing. it's really good. You should check it out. <laughs> if not, that's both to you two and anyone listening on the podcast. Um, we'll link it in the description. Yeah, <laughs> we'll link it below. Um, and I haven't watched it for a while, so I may, Disclaimer, I may paraphrase incorrectly, but I watched it like I've seen it a few times. It's really good. And she essentially talks about this this sense that in in our vulnerability and being vulnerable in our in our suffering and then when things aren't good and how we're struggling, um, that's that's often how our deepest relationships are formed with people is being able to open up about those and realize that that moment of realizing that what we're going through with that we aren't alone in it um, and that maybe someone's had a experience that actually is more similar than you realized, or maybe someone isn't, but is just like willing to walk with you through it. And um, yeah, and she, she does a great job of showing like avoiding that opening up about that, then like kind of stunts the level of connection you can feel with other people. So I just, I think about how sharing that suffering makes God more deeply connected to us and invites that same kind of relationship where we god can really be present with us in our suffering in like i like that a relational way that's yeah. cool i like that yeah you made me think of it so, <laughs> so thanks yeah because that's making me think of kind of communal suffering and like 
uh, a bringing together of a community in the face of a tragedy like what happened at Trianca and I recently um, read a blog post that was a reflection on the uh, aftermath of the Pulse shooting Um, and Mm. so just these times of like being together even in the sorrow so one of the there was a another you know in the long string of random shootings that we've had in this in our country um one of them was in my hometown thousand oaks yeah yeah i don't know if you remember that one thousand oaks california yeah Um, it was a little more publicized probably because it's an affluent super white community but um but we won't go there (laughs) um different conversation different day and in any case you know like i've um, would check in with people in the aftermath. And, and I talked to one person who's a pastor, a campus pastor of, of the college, but I asked him, how's it going? And it's, he said, uh, it's been incredible because people are opening up and connecting with each other, like in ways that I've never seen before, you know, not that you would ever wish for that to happen. And it's still absolutely horrible. But, you know, speaking about the way that communities can come together in the wake of that, that's where I see a little bit of this kind of resurrection force at work. Um, And, I mean, I wish bad things would never happen. But at the same time, I'm really inspired by the way that communities and people can come together after and be, be changed and connected through it. And after it and be filled with hope moving forward yeah i feel like is a really strong emotional sense that you always see kind of coming after these tragedies which is you know a little bit of bright spot in the dark moments yeah and you know like and tragedies like that too like they're while becoming more and more frequent you know the i the they aren't in, in some senses in contrast to other places that are afflicted with war and, and violence in a way that's just like grinding and never ending and, and makes it almost impossible to live in peace there. And, and so I also wonder like, what does resurrection look like there? Um, and what, like we have a, a church that we accompany and we call a sister church in El Salvador where there's a lot of gang violence and a lot yeah, and not very much peace. And yet our members who have gone there find a community with such great joy and hope. And yeah, I, w- I would love to go and see for myself, but I just wonder what's going on there and how is God at work there? What does that mean? I was going to say, I'm like, I feel like we're going on this like trend, but I'm like, yeah, hope, resurrection. But like also like, like you just, suffering. yeah, <laughs> I feel like you see it most strongly when you have it in direct comparison to the tragedies of the world and like to what happened on Good Friday. Like you can't have the joy of Easter, the praise of Easter and the alleluias without really understanding the full story um, and experiencing what you have on Monday, Thursday and Good Friday. And I think that really just kind of bolsters the sentiment that you get then on Easter Sunday. So I I do think that they really tie hand in hand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're right. Kind of a downer Easter, but like also like, it's like, that's how you see it and how you can really appreciate. I feel like, yeah, like that's what makes what God is doing here important and needed. And the resurrection is so powerful and just, 
I mean, illogical and awe-inspiring of knowing that that's what can come out of a huge tragedy. Yeah, I remember um, reading once uh, a, uh, a blog post that the, um, the woman was talking to her pastor or something, and the pastor was like, you really, you really can see the cycles of resurrection in your life and in your experiences. And she's like, yeah, it sucks. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have to go through that darkness and that pain to be able to then reach the resurrection, reach the better place you're in. Yeah. It's true. I, I was at earlier this week, actually, in the middle, right in the middle of Holy Week, I went on a yoga retreat. Like a, oh, nice. A, yeah. Like a two-night one day. And... um with my friend. It was super fun. And, um, in addition to doing a ton of yoga, healthiest (laughs) day of my life in like the last year, probably (laughs) a day full of yoga. I can't imagine day full of yoga. And the food was all way healthier than I make for myself. But (laughs) in any case, we, you know, we went to like, they had these like workshops that were like more, um, conceptual about like yoga thinking and practice. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't like Hindu or, explicitly religious but it's kind of just like you know from the thinking and philosophy of yoga and but there was an interesting thing about like the power of thoughts creating possibility in life and creating new beginnings and um the person facilitating it it was a life coach and said just a lot of people that go to this retreat center um one of their big demographics is that is people because the healing center is people facing or recovering from cancer and and she said, I've, I've had so many clients who've had cancer and in the end said cancer is the best thing that ever happened to me because it, it forced me to look at my life in a completely different way and to take these new steps I never would have taken that have enriched my life so much that never would have happened if I hadn't have had this moment mm-hmm. of challenge and, and reckoning and uh yeah so i just it makes me think of that i think it also needs to or to add some nuance it's like uh, i think it was pastor danielle said like god uses suffering but god doesn't take joy from suffering or and doesn't really give people suffering to like teach people lessons yeah and we should be working especially on a systematic level to eliminate like the structures of oppression and things that are causing suffering to people we shouldn't just be like well that's how the world is hope you have a good time afterwards it's this- <laughs> it'll all make you better <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like we shouldn't stop trying to cure cancer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just this this balance of both seeing what from what we're given, seeing how we can move forward and how we can grow and how things can be better, but also being active and aware that or trying to where can we help eliminate suffering in the world? Yeah. Yeah. Or in other words, like suffering suffering and bad things aren't good mm-hmm. but good can goodness can come from them and yes. that's like the is that that's yeah. resurrection mm-hmm. but that's not to say that they're like oh they're good for you <laughs> like they're they're a good part of life embrace like that, them yeah yeah i don't i don't yeah i think mm-hmm. that's an 
important because there are certain theologies or views of God, like God doles out suffering, like God doesn't give you anything you can't handle. That yeah. kind of like, like life is a series of challenges to overcome. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's correct either. Yeah. But like Jesus in the Holy Week story isn't, Jesus is the subject of that suffering. You know, like mm-hmm. the, the theology is there's, there is sin in the world and there's suffering and God comes down to earth and subjects God's self to that suffering to, to, and to people at their very worst and endures that, that suffering in order to be with us in it. Yeah. And create resurrection through it. But it's not like God is inflicting that. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does, yeah. Does that, does that theology <laughs> sound correct to you guys? We're not, we're not like pastors or nope. anything. Just, <laughs> you know, feel free to, to fact check us with <laughs> one of the Advent pastors because we're getting into some nuance. But yeah. That's how I understand it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay. Yeah, it's just definitely something I've heard, um, especially when I've been exploring more um, like liberation theology or womanist theology. Womanist theology is um, theology by um, black women and specifically around that experience. Hmm. And so of like talking about lives so marked with suffering um, and how do you talk about that in, um, in terms of the gospel and in terms of the resurrection story, but also not be not allowing it to be um, uh, kind of just acceptable. Yeah, that, yeah. That makes me think of you know suffering and oppression that happens on a large scale. Like, how are we part of God at work in working to change that? How are we part of the this resurrection? being part of the good that comes from it rather than being part of the suffering yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joining in on the suffering aspect of it, but really trying to make the change and push forward the resurrection and the good and the hope. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And, and <laughs> yeah. so it's not to say like, Oh, this thing, this thing is terrible, but like, Hey, good stuff might come out of it. But like part of that is actively being that force of change yeah, and changing the, the system that creates that suffering, yeah, whether it's sickness or racism or patriarchy or what have you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for inserting that point, Dan. Mm-hmm. I think that characterizes what we're talking about better. Similarly to what we were talking about in terms of God experiencing all suffering, um, Pastor Danielle said, there is more for you than what you're dealing with right now. So not just that Jesus is in suffering with you, but also that suffering is not all, is not your entire life. That's not everything you will ever experience. Yeah, and just knowing, I think it kind of really comes around to that whole idea that God is with you in that suffering, that there's comfort to be had in knowing that you're not experiencing these things alone, mm-hmm. even though it can feel like that at certain times. But like I think Pastor Danielle mentioned addiction and oppression and things of that nature that sometimes they can feel very alone. They can feel very 
the world is coming in on you at that moment. But to remember that that resurrection kind of piece is there as well and that there is more for you than what is in that moment and the suffering that you're feeling in that moment, I think is really powerful. Yeah. And something to remember. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely gotten in those head spaces where um, I'm dealing with a lot or dealing with anxiety or dealing with something in particular and it just kind of feels like it takes over and it's like everything that's ever existed and everything that will ever exist. I'm in that mind space. Yeah. Um, or I, I think I will always be in that mind space. Um, but just kind of that reminder that it's not and that there is light and there is still growth and there's... Uh, continual hope when I'm facing a, a challenge or yeah experiencing some kind of suffering in, in my life like it, it can feel kind of like a cave like it just a blackness that just encircles around me and like I don't I don't see much else and it feels like it will they will yeah like it'll last forever the older I get the more I'm like this is just a time a season <laughs> yeah. and um, but, you know, especially like, you know, speaking to any teenagers out there, oh, if you're listening, yeah. like when I, uh, you know, in high school and college, if, if, if what I was going through rough times, it really felt like that was it. <laughs> like, the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It really did. And, um, it's easy for, I think adults to like dismiss that, but that's what it feels like. I think kind of like tying that back into Holy Week too, by going through, um, the different services and leaving on Monday, Thursday, leaving on good Friday in silence and knowing that the story is not over, but if you just take it at that point in time, it's kind of like being in the dark, a dark cave and like being in this blackness of good Friday happened. Like you have Monday, Thursday, you had Palm Sunday where everybody was cheering for Jesus to come into Jerusalem. And then mm. within a week's time, you're like talking about him dying on the cross for your sins and just you can really kind of come into that darkness and it's hard to just always know that hey Easter's coming and like Easter's right there and now that we know the story we expect for that resurrection we expect that joy but I think in our times of like suffering um for personal experiences and things like that, we're in that first time period of like Good Friday. We're in that mm. knowing the darkness, knowing the suffering and hard to see that, hey, there's something coming that's so much greater and there's so much worth that God is giving you. Um, and to just like hold on for that moment because it's going to be there. Yeah, because especially talking about like the teenager, young adult experience, if you've never experienced that before, um, I remember my first bout with what was probably um, depression is like I had never gone through that before, so I never knew I could survive it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But now that I've gone through that, I know the red flags. I know I can survive it and get through. Yeah. But while you're in that midst. You don't know if there's a way out or expect there to be one. Mm-hmm. Because you haven't found the way out before. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think on a scale of our whole world, I mean, it's really easy to look at the world and and not believe or have hope that it's actually getting better. Yeah. <laughs> and and my 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 faith tells me that for all the the Good Fridayness in the world that is that is here so much later than you know the, the historical date of when all of Holy Week transpired, like 
I, my faith tells me that there's something to hope for in the future and that the world is getting better and we get to be, we are called to be part of that. On my good days, I believe that. <laughs> it can be hard though. Yeah. There's so much in the world that is just messed up. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the, um, who said the quote, but there's the quote of the best time to plant an apple tree was 500 years ago. And the second best time is today. The, the planting in the like, I am going to trust that there will be days to come that this can grow and I can nurture this and I can make it better even in this, even in this darkness. Yeah. I like that. I do. How can we plant some seeds? <laughs> Next week's project. Yeah. <laughs> Going around in seeds in Central Park. There we go. One thing that stood out to us was that made this whole week really special was just getting to see all the gifts of our community, see all the different members of our congregation and from outside our congregation, we partnered with contributing in different areas of worship. Um, yeah. What stood out to you guys and about that? Um, Rachel did liturgical dance as the choir song, which was just kind of a beautiful combination of being able to just let the music wash over me as I'm watching her um, mm -hmm. dance before the altar. Yeah, that was really nice. I also really liked the partnership that I we did, I believe, with Trinity. Um, yeah. On, no, I'm already losing it. Was that yesterday? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was right. Easter, <laughs> like vigil. Easter vigil. I'm <laughs> like, oh man, all the days are blending together. Um, yeah. I really thought it was great to just see. Um, some different creative ways that uh, different congregations were going about um, doing the readings and speaking the word and getting messages across to see the Sunday school uh, kids get up there. And, you know, I applaud them because doing that in a congregation that's not your own um, and with a lot of strange faces looking at you, I'm sure was more intimidating than they expected. But it was just really great to see kind of different creative um outlets for understanding God's word in different parts of the Bible. Mm -hmm. John singing last night just like almost brought tears to my eyes. It was so, there's something like so emotive about it. It was so good. And just like seeing someone that I, I love so much as a person, like, mm -hmm. I don't know that that's part of it. It's like, Oh, you know, this person and they're sharing some of themselves in a beautiful way. I'm really, I'm, I actually missed Rachel's dancing this morning and I'm kind of bummed. I was back down prepping breakfast, <laughs> but, um, cause that would have been, cause you know, I've seen Rachel at church for like more than a year now, maybe yeah. more. And just like never seen that part. It's interesting. Like people have these passions that are a huge part of their lives. And sometimes we don't get to see that here at church cause we, mm -hmm. yeah. That light isn't there, but it's cool when it is. Mm -hmm. The musical ensemble, too, on Good Friday, mm -hmm. that was, I mean, beautiful. And I think, you know, the church definitely um, really emphasizes some of that musical talent. Like every once in a while, it just like really envelops the entire church and is just a very powerful um, moment. So I thought it was perfect during Holy Week, too, to have those kind of different musical ensembles that we were able to bring in. The, there were some swells of the chorale that just like Magic. lifted my heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like, I mean, like 
it was Good Friday, so like not necessarily lifted my heart in a like joy, but like it wow. really moving. Yeah, it's yeah. just like swept away kind of feeling and loved the readers as well. We talked about that on the Good Friday pod t- podcast. On Palm Sunday, we had um, our families sing a song. I don't know if you guys caught that, but it was really cool. The, oh, the, with the, the parents and the with kids. The parents, oh, but yeah. also the congregation. And it was kind of like call and repeat, like the congregation mm, could yeah. participate. And yeah, this week felt like community. Yeah. A lot. Pastor, we got to hear Pastor uh, Gary play the organ on oh, Easter right, yeah. Vigil. So, uh, speaking of hidden skills. <laughs> yeah. He's trying to hide that one away, but, you know. Sometimes people force him to yeah. <laughs> get back to the keys. <laughs> get back to the keys, Pastor Gary. <laughs> yeah. It's so, it was just such a cool week mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed cooking yesterday. That's less like theological worshiping, but cooking with Zella and, and Vicar Abbey was really fun and just like cool. It like heightens that sense of anticipation. Like we're preparing for something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. It's, and I'm sure it's been a lot of work on the staff side and the church side to make sure everything's prepared and make sure everything's in place that we as yeah. members don't necessarily see. Yeah, it's a lot of bulletins. <laughs> <laughs> the bulletins. And coordination. I mean, you know, bringing in all all those people. And I, that's yeah. like hats, hats off to the pastors for coordinating that. Like, I mean, it I appeared seamless. So yeah. it, I can't imagine the work that went into it yeah but i feel like pastor danielle deserves her easter nap now (laughs) (laughs) and pastor gary you can have a nap too (laughs) we talk about like what reliving the story means now i just think there's something about really taking it on together and sharing it together in that communal way that like Mm -hmm. really makes it special all right coming back to the sermon now after that little detour pastor danielle actually began the sermon talking about how it's very logical to talk about or think about someone raising from the dead. It's not like exactly something that our scientific brains are reconcile well with or that logic reconciles well with and admittedly. And yet, you know, as Christians, we believe it did. And this is not like, our human capacity. This is God and, and Jesus is God and talked about. So began with that. And at the end really talked about, well, then what does that mean for us? And there was this one line that really hit me with pastor Danielle talking about this possibility of resurrection and life after death. And, and she says, we do because Jesus did. Yeah, we do because Jesus did. And there's, I don't know, I haven't fully unpacked it, but it's just something about that really stopped me. I don't know, what do you, what do you guys, what do you take from that? I think it, it's like one of those statements that you remind yourself almost of, I feel when 
I'm trying to do everything and I feel like maybe sometimes overwhelmed and of the things that are going on in the world and things going on in my life and being very busy and being able to take a moment and just remember like the resurrection and everything that is looking forward and into my life. Um, the days that come ahead again, kind of coming back to the beginning of this is the day that makes all days worthwhile. Like we do, and we are able to, because Jesus did for us. And that sacrifice is just all encompassing and really gives me this kind of sense of peace of like, yes, keep trying to do better. Keep trying to like make better in this world, but also like recognize that Jesus did the ultimate sacrifice for us. And is there with us in every single moment and moving forward is something that my brain doesn't comprehend fully um, on a day-to-day basis, but Mm -hmm. is really powerful. Yeah. Because it's such a, because I grew up in the church, it's been such a constant in my life. Mm -hmm. It's like, sometimes it's good to step back and be like, but what does that actually mean? And Yeah. yeah, try to fully comprehend it which I don't necessarily think you can, but yeah. <laughs> doesn't stop me from trying. The effort is there. I, I really like the way you both characterize that. Or think about that. <laughs> yeah. Are you feeling hopeful now on this Easter? Or, I don't know, feeling like I can, that there's this, I don't know, empowerment or something or possibility and remembering what God has already done and is doing. I don't I feel a little, I feel a little energized. Yeah. I think the whole, like the whole Holy Week kind of ending on today, like an Easter moving forward and the celebration moving forward, but like the skies cleared up this morning too. So it's like, I feel <laughs> like kind of everything is in alignment for like the hope and kind of sunshine that is to come. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the music really got me. So I'm like amped up from the music still. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm feeling really hopeful and I was able to get a lot of things done since I have Friday off um, and I have like ambitious plans for cleaning on Monday. (laughs) Um, But I'm just, I'm feeling good and I'm feeling energized and refreshed from the time off um, and probably also the coming to church and that kind of journey through Holy Week. So feeling good. Cool. Yeah, me too. Me too. I uh, was going to have to do this whole long roommate hunt, and it actually ended very quickly. We were like, with the first person. We were like, nice. cool. That's a fit. It's, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Part of that was because we really didn't want to do a whole elongated <laughs> process. But that was giving me a lot of stress and that. Um, yeah, so having wrapped that, that up during, was great. And yeah, I think it's like when folded with Holy Week helps to create that sense of hope. I think we talked in one of the other podcasts about like every Holy Week is different, not because the story changes or what God did changes, but because we're in a different place each Holy Week. Like someone could be at a really low time during one Holy Week and that gives gives you a different lens and way of experiencing it. Um, But yeah, I'm feeling very energized and hopeful and like connected to the community here. And yeah, it's just a great Holy Week. Yeah. (laughs) As we end every week, what will you do differently this week? I think my goal this week is to really um, try to bring bring forth that sense of hope and hopefulness and the entire activities of Holy Week into like this next week and really, you know, start my day by 
waking up and like seeing my dog right in my face. Um, but remembering like that sense of hope and really trying to live that day in a sense of hopefulness and not letting, um, the news of the day or any kind of thing like that kind of bring me back down and like really looking forward to that full day as a day that's worthy and remembering Easter as that's the day that makes all the other days worthwhile. Mm hmm. Yeah, similar to you, um, I was kind of thinking about, like, I'm I'm already starting ahead. Like, I don't need to, like, feel like I'm catching up to something. I've already been redeemed. It's already made worth it. And I get to go from there. And so just trying to remember that. <laughs> Amen. I think I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to steal both of yours. I mean, that's basically mine. It's, it's, um, yeah moving forward in, in work and in ministry with like leading with positivity and hope and trust that, that God has already done the work and is doing the work here. And, and so, yeah, we can take a little bit off of ourselves, yeah. but also, but it also makes me inspired to do more, but it's like I'm inspired to rather than like, uh, feeling, I don't know, like I have to, or I'm, I'm like behind mm-hmm. in the way that you described it. So yeah, that's it. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at adventnyc.org. You can email us at podcast at adventnyc.org or join our Facebook group, Advent Sermons and Conversations to join the discussion. Our services are 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in English and 12.30 p.m. in Spanish at 93rd and Broadway.